It's Monday. It's June 11th, and the word of the day is pre-apocalyptic. It means of or relating to events that took place before Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un had their June 12th summit in 2018. Used in a sentence, it's a shame Heath isn't here to enjoy our last pre-apocalyptic episode with us. It really is. He's going to die the way he lived, hitting on a girl in a high school gymnasium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick, and broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Eli will finally get his chance to do the opening It's Monday, and he'll fucking nail it. Damn right I will. Trump will pout when he finds out that the G7 isn't a bingo night. <laughs> and your mom should have thought about insurance before she decided to be diabetic. But first, the coda. Okay, uh, Mr. President? Uh, Mr. President? Yeah, gotcha. Oh, gotcha. no, you got me in one of your famous <clears throat> chokeholds, Mr. <clears throat> President. Please, please let me go. You are so strong and <clears throat> not 80 years old. <clears throat> I'm just kidding with you, Tom Pace. You okay? Uh, I think I'll be yeah. fine, actually, yes. Okay, good. I was thinking of doing that to not-so-slimmy Kimmy. What do you think? Break the ice? I think that would cause a nuclear war, sir. And that's bad. Bad, right. Okay, so scrapping the All right, so, yes, very much so. So here's the thing, sir. We're coming off a really bad showing at the G7. Tell me about it. I brought my helmet and my VR goggles. Nobody talked about video games. Nobody would race me. I'm not even really sure what that's a reference to. But look, if we can clinch this thing with North Korea, we'll have made the first major steps in years. We just need to get them to agree to something. Hmm. Okay. I got one. Wait, wait. How about... Something that isn't a war. All right. It's tougher now. Tougher. Yeah. Now. Okay, look. Uh, the U.S. military exercises in South Korea have always been a sore point. Uh, uh, so... Let me stop you right there, Tiny Dancer. Here's what I do. I walk in the room. I throw an M16 on the table. I say, listen to me, incredible Kimmy shit for brains. That's a gift if you do what I say. If you don't, you just get the bullets. Then I throw down seven Big Macs, and we work it out over the great American lunch. Yeah, yeah, you know, honestly, that's almost certainly better than what you're going to do in real life. So sure, let's go with that. That's my guy. You killed America. I revealed that America was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, sir. (laughs) Is it me? Is it you? Who Who knows? Who's the next me to? It's a mystery. Does your person work in movies? Yes. Your history. Who's the next me to? Is your person a politician? Yes. Who's the next me to? Do you have a clue? Does your person teach classes? Yes. Wait, all the things are all still up. Yeah, dude, like everyone's a rapist. Really? Yeah. Who's the next Me Too? Me Too, from Parker Brothers. (laughs) It's so fucking awful. (laughs) Hey, Noah. Hey, Eli, what's up? Nothing, nothing, just just chilling. Mm -hmm. Chillin', you know, just chillin'. 
Why are you talking like that, Eli? Oh, hey, random question. Okay, here it is. Uh, do you have any extra, like, stuff that we could sell? I, like uh, this Mountain Dew bottle? You want to sell my half-consumed Mountain Dew bottle? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like extra cash, extra cash for some credit card debt, whatever. Just Eli, like, how much credit card debt do you have? I, I don't actually really think that matters. It's just the fees are killing me, you know? So, Well, I, so. why don't you just try Lightstream? Is that, is that where you sell your soul like blood? Because... Because I'll do it. No, no. It, it's a great way to start paying less interest on your credit card debt. Wait, I can pay less than the credit card company charges me? Yeah, a lot less. Lightstream rewards consumers who have good credit with a great interest rate and no fees. You could get a credit card consolidation loan from 5.49% APR with AutoPay. Hey, Noah, that sounds like money words. Is there a disclaimer with that? Oh, there sure is. Subject to credit approval. Rates includes 0.5% auto pay discount available only when you select auto pay prior to loan funding. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit Lightstream.com for important information about limits on Lightstream loans and same-day funding. Got it. Now, how do I find out more? Well, our listeners get an additional interest rate discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates, but the only way to get this discount is to go to Lightstream.com slash Skeptocrat. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Skeptocrat. So you're saying I can't sell my soul like blood? I, I mean, you could try. Okay. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat Eli Bosnick. Eli, you ready to say all the mean stuff about Heath that we've been holding back? That's right. He's the lifeblood of our show, and I miss him very much. Okay, obviously not. In our lead story tonight, Trump supporters declared victory this weekend as he finally put an end to the slow erosion of American power and prestige in the world, replacing it with a really fucking fast erosion of the same. <laughs> and that was on full display when Trump departed from the G7 summit early this weekend, leaving a steaming pile of shit on the carpet to act in his stead. Yeah, Trump's like that friend who hates board game night, so he... Burns down his house. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, even before the G7 started, the red flags were waving like the third act of a Soviet propaganda movie. There were reports last week that Trump was trying to call in sick because he didn't want to sit through another weekend of <laughs> Europeans trying to explain how pluses and minuses work. Wanted to send Mike Pence. On Thursday, French President Emmanuel Macron, I'm sorry, French President Emmanuel Macron threatened a rare <laughs> rebuke of the United States at the Global Summit saying, quote, the American president may not mind being isolated, but neither do we mind signing a six-country agreement if need be, end quote. And then... On the way out the fucking door, Trump called for Russia to be reinstated and get the whole G8 band back together. Because, you know, what's a little annexing large swaths of Ukraine among friends? So, yeah, stars weren't exactly aligning for a productive meeting. Yeah, it's it's not a great sign if the president of France is talking down to your country the way you get a toddler to follow you at the mall. Just like, Donald, yeah. <laughs> we're leaving now. Bye, Donald. Me and Mommy Germany are leaving. <laughs> right. We're leaving. Bye-bye. <laughs> and all the early indicators of a disaster did not disappoint, of course. Every third 
picture from the fucking summit showed some other world leader hovering <laughs> so over Trump. Good. Like that, like they're building towards the part where he has to tell them what he did wrong in his own words. Well, he sits cross-armed and eyes scans in a posture that conveys little more than I didn't want Nintendo privileges anyway. Yeah, it's nice to know Trump feels about international affairs the way I do when Noah and Heath say the podcast can't buy a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my favorite picture from the summit, though, is the close-up on Trump's hand after Macron shook it. And, and there's this very clear, almost cartoon-like impression of Macron's hand where he just squeezed the ever-loving fuck out of Trump <laughs> Trump's hand, which means not only did he man-grip Trump until he wins, but he also, like, told a photographer with Reuters that he was going to do it first. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, but I'm sorry. I'm going to have to give favorite picture of the event to the one Merkel posted on her Instagram of Trump sitting there in a timeout like an (laughs) anti-Trump propaganda poster. If someone painted this like line for line, I'd be like, come on, guys, gross. (laughs) All right. So Trump both arrived late and left early from the summit. Uh, Far more excited about meeting with a brutal dictator that executed a dude with a missile despite having custody of that dude. On his way out, he told reporters that he had had productive conversations with other world leaders over the weekend, but admitted, quote, we didn't do votes or anything, and actual quote. He then issued an ultimatum demanding that all world leaders remove all tariffs on all American goods or else. Yeah. Oh, and before I go, no more euros, okay, guys? That's funny. He wrote in his notes, helicopter noise, and I was dying to hear it. So, but, but pretty much, yes, pretty much that's what happened. His comments were so fucking nuts that nobody's entirely sure if he's talking about value-added taxes or if he thinks a 3% tariff is too much or if he's honestly willing to blow a decades-old Western trade alliance over Canadian dairy tariffs. Of course... Things only got worse after he left. In a press conference after Trump and his ball went home, Justin Trudeau achieved the highest level of rudeness possible for a Canadian, slightly under the uh, somewhat unenthusiastic apology, in a statement where he referred to Trump's aluminum and steel tariffs as an insult and accused Trump of making false statements. He wrapped up by saying, quote, Canadians, we're polite, we're reasonable, but we also will not be pushed around, end quote, which is the closest to go fuck yourself as a Canadian as genetically capable. <laughs> it's a friendship, but it hasn't been a good friendship. Shit, I'm doing the love actually speech. I mean, it really, really works here, but that's on me. That's on me. I heard it the moment. Yep. It, the moment I said it's a friendship, it came out. All right. So upon hearing of Trudeau's rebuke, Trump went predictably ballistic and employed a "I know you are, but what am I?" tactic in which he accused Trudeau of dishonesty and weakness, then repudiated a joint communique that he'd signed on to earlier in the fucking summit. He he then sent his army of petulant sycophants on a tour of the Sunday morning news shows to double down on his condemnation of our closest historical and geographical ally, leading Trump ever closer to his ultimate goal of retroactively removing all the exaggeration from every joke in the history of South Park. Right, including the meta joke of South Park being representative of the nonchalance and shit on everything attitude that got us Trump in the first place. It's really, really meta. It's he's destroying it all. Of course, as the practice level summit was collapsing, Trump was already en route to a poorly planned, hurried, off again, on again, high level negotiation with the second most dangerous person in the world that isn't him, with an all out nuclear war in the balance. But uh, 
Don't worry, I'm sure the president can have a phone call with a goddamn Canadian prime minister without accusing them of going back in time to burn down his house. We'll do fine. Yeah, it's going to go great. Yeah. It's going to go great. And in speaking of Canada news tonight, America's cool older brother Canada followed the path of all cool older brothers this week and enormously fucked up its life by (laughs) electing Doug Ford and the Progressive Conservative Party, ending more than 15 years of liberal leadership in the area, much to the disappointment of starry-eyed comedians who had hoped to run into Canada's maple bosom when the podcasting pogroms (laughs) began. All right, first of all, Canada's our younger brother by like 90 years. President made that mistake recently. I didn't want you to fall into the same <laughs> trap. Secondly, you don't have to worry about the podcasting pogroms. They're going to be late, poor quality. Some weeks they just won't happen at all. They'll yeah, cancel exactly. them without notice. Yeah, it'll be yeah, it will they'll be just fine. stop eventually. Yeah. yeah. Now, to be fair, this wasn't all of Canada. This was Ontario. So not so much cooler younger brother, but cooler younger brother's liver. <laughs> but the province makes up a third of the population and it contains its largest city. So this is not small potatoes or hockey pucks. Not sure what they do there for starch. No, um, it's hockey. It's, it's hockey okay. pucks. Yeah. And let's be honest, man. The liver of Canada is the nicest thing an American has ever said about Ontario. Followed closely by, I know where that is on a map. Right. I mean, assuming anyone ever said that about Ontario. No, they haven't, yeah. but they could. <laughs> now, for those unfamiliar with Doug Ford, well... He's most famous for being Rob Ford's brother, the literally crack-smoking Toronto (laughs) mayor whose leadership was marked by scandal, while Doug was serving on the city council, not noticing all the crack-smoking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he ran on a platform of halting minimum wage hikes, cutting corporate taxes, and breathing dirtier air. I mean, I get that Canada has more to gain than most from global warming, but I still feel like, you know, the asthmatics have it too easy stance would be a loser. Also, also, he's the exact midpoint when you morph Donald Trump into Harvey Weinstein. Ooh, he is. And and we should point out that Ford is being called the Canadian Trump. His win is largely credited to sort of a populist sweep following leadership by a super cool minority. He's antagonistic with the media and... The truth, and while he hasn't yet said that Nazis are great people or threatened to go to war with Buffalo, New York, his sweeping victory has a lot of Canadians worried that Trudeau, when his election comes up, will be replaced by a giant pile of racist poutine. I'm trying to think of something worse than Doug Ford. It's hard. Yeah, no, but racist poutine does sound delicious. Mm. And in no such thing as bad PR news tonight. hood on it. The, the Puerto Rican government announced on Tuesday that they will begrudgingly lift a finger in aid of the people trying to figure out how many other citizens were killed by Hurricane Maria after a recent Harvard study suggested the actual death toll might be as much as 7,200% higher than the official death toll of 64. And to their credit... That's the, a lot. Yeah, That's off by a lot. <laughs> they missed it by quite a bit, yes. Uh, and to their credit, the Puerto Rican government did this of their own volition. Uh, or, or rather, I'm sorry, they complied with the court order that forced them to do it of their own (laughs) volition okay can you count that dead guy no okay simon says count the dead guy fine (laughs) couple thousand or something something like that yeah okay so this all stems from a lawsuit brought by cnn and puerto rico center for investigative journalism that sought documentation on all deaths in the territory since the hurricane including information like cremation and burial permits but the government for completely innocent and non-obfuscatory reasons fought yes, them on absolutely. that arguing that i 
I honestly can't even imagine what they would argue. <laughs> right? Like, I can't even make up something that would humorously encapsulate the kind of logical pretzel one would need to claim a non-evil reason for refusing to tell the news how many people died. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, they forced this thing to go to the courts. Maybe they were like, uh, look, it's been a hard year. We just lost Anthony Bourdain. Do we really want to bum people out with how many children drowned? No. Let's just call it like 70 and get back to our lives. You guys see Roseanne's tweets? Crazy. (laughs) And in I have a massive election news tonight. This week marks the largest primary of 2018 so far, with many watching for signs of the so-called blue tide and hoping for the general election just five months away. So... What are the takeaways? Uh, Well, California managed not to lock themselves out of any congressional races by acting like our gang trying to choose a captain. Uh, That was an unexpected relief. A lot of sentences that end with could be the state's first female blank. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of record setting turnout, like in Iowa, where an unprecedented 13% of eligible voters turned out. We're all going to die. Woo! (laughs) Yes. So we should say right off the bat that these are primaries. It's pretty hard to call these predictors for the general, but there are some takeaways. So, for example, 538 said, fucking nothing! Nothing is what they said! Because nobody gives a shit in your mother's handbag what they have to say anymore, 538! Suck a thousand percent of my dick, you math nerd pieces of shit! You hurt me! You hurt me! But on the other hand, Fox pointed out... That anti-Trump sentiment did seem to be a driving force with big wins for Democrats in New Jersey and Missouri. Though, many are crediting this to sort of years of political stagnation when it comes to New Jersey and the last-minute dropout of the Republican candidate in Missouri. So, either way, pencil in election day right now. Like, right now. Get out your calendar and just be sick that day. Just vote. Or quit your job. Just vote. Please yeah. vote. Vote. Right. I mean, Please look, vote. your vote really matters. Based on American turnout, you're probably the only person in your district voting anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and in post-existing conditions news tonight, the Trump administration spotted the Democrats a few more points in the generic ballot this week after the Justice Department filed a brief in a district court lawsuit arguing that as of January 1st, 2019, the ACA's protection for people with pre-existing conditions should be invalidated. This, adding bwahahaha? Clearly, yes. The, despite the fact that the vast majority of Americans support that provision, including 63% of Republicans, they're going forward. With it. And despite the fact that health care costs are consistently topping the polls of what issues voters are most concerned with going into the midterms, they're doing this shit anyway. I mean, I'm not the legal mind here, but I think when you make a motion for... If someone's going to die, they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. It's a bad look. I don't care if it's maybe got to make it nice. Someone according didn't to Kennedy. tell that to the DOJ. And and let's keep in mind what's at stake here. According to a recent analysis by the Kaiser Foundation, striking down this provision could cost upwards of fifty three million people their health care. Industry watchdogs warn that it would essentially return the individual market back to the pre-ACA days of poor people fighting it out in Thunderdome for access to the MRI machine. And even the insurance companies are pushing back against this as it would inject utter fucking chaos into the market. And that's even worse for insurance companies than having to cover diabetics. Yeah. I mean, at this point, the symbol of the Republican Party shouldn't be an elephant anymore. It should be a guy kicking over a sandcastle with a little speech bubble that says, I'm going to build such a great sandcastle one day, you'll see. 
Right. Of course, Democrats wasted no time making a campaign issue of this. Uh, Nationally, they'd already kind of been coalescing around this issue. But upon hearing about this disastrously stupid move by Trump's DOJ, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer took to his lectern, came a little and then said, quote, I just came a little, end quote. (laughs) Republicans, meanwhile, scurried around like a disrupted line of ants, desperately trying to distance themselves from themselves and likely privately said things like, damn, I hope the Democrats can pull it out in the midterms way more often than they thought they ever would. There's some Republican in Tennessee right now. Okay, I'm going to see how this works. Please do not vote for me. Honestly, I just wanted some power and some money, but it's obvious to me now that I and I won. (laughs) Yeah, right. I won. (laughs) And in Korean UP news tonight, in the biggest women's march in the country's history, an estimated 30 thousand south korean women took to the streets of seoul this week to take on an issue that's made me think i was writing a racist sketch spy cam porn yeah no racist sketches until heath gets back it was his only rule that i found that weird i found that Carved weird that's in the door with a what he would knife. Stip- yeah right it was a lot anyways <laughs> the genre known as molka has become an international epidemic where women have been the victim of spy cameras everywhere from hotel rooms to public toilets and if you're wondering how widespread this problem is there were 5437 spy camera incidents just in south korea just in 2017 alone oh. And that's known, right? Like, I mean, yeah. by the nature of spy camera incidents, most of them are unknown. And the most fucked up part is I guarantee there were some assholes at this march trying to get an upskirt or two. Yeah. I mean, that big a gathering, they're just like, ah, it's ironic, but I really feel like I, I should. And that actually brings me to the second part of the problem. See, the other aspect of this protest is the flippant, unprepared, and often dismissive treatment women have received by police in these cases. Of the cases I mentioned above, only 119 men were charged and faced punishment. And more upsettingly, only 2.6% of male suspects were arrested between 2012 and 2017, around 540 people, out of 20,900 suspected perpetrators. Oh. Wow. And, and look, there's a time and a place for everything. Like, like if they sent these guys across the border to capture video evidence that Kim Jong-un does, in fact, have to shit, hey, maybe you could actually do some good in the world. And if they fail, all the dudes sneaking cameras into women's restrooms are stuck in a country full of xenomorph-sized parasites run by a nuclear-powered crazy person. Either way, we win. Exactly. This is, we're coming up with solutions here. So... Obviously, this is an epidemic that we weren't aware of and have obviously kept silent on for far too long. So with that said, we'd like to present a very special Skeptocrat PSA. Hi, I'm No Illusions. And I'm Eli Bosnick. You know, we here at Puzzle and a Thunderstorm are huge fans of women's genitals. That's right, Noah. Boobs, vaginas, we love them all. And one of the ways we appreciate the aforementioned genitalia is through video and pictorial content on the internet. But please, don't film junk you're not supposed to. Don't film junk you're not supposed to. With South Korea's blazing fast internet speeds, there are literally millions of willing, paid, enthusiastic vaginas to enjoy. Vaginas at the beach. Vaginas in bed. Vaginas on the toilet, if that's your thing. Judgy. But please, don't film vaginas without permission. In fact, did you know that if you looked at 100 consensually filmed vaginas a day, 
every day? You'd have to live 850 years to see all the ones that are on the internet? That sounds not true. I don't know, probably. Point is, don't film junk without permission. Don't film junk without permission. Unless you're pretending that it's without permission. And you actually, like, have a thing going. Then go nuts. It's up to you. Yeah, but make it obvious. It's right. Do an you know, exit interview at the end so I can something. sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> and in Man O' Manafort news tonight, Paul Manafort learned the hard way on Friday that it still counts as witness tampering even if you use pig Latin when special counsel Robert Mueller filed yet another indictment bringing Manafort that much closer to his goal of being indicted for all the crimes. <laughs> this new indictment marks the 24th and 25th felony charges he's facing. Uh, and this time he even gets a Russian intelligence operative as a co-conspirator. So, you know. Witch hunt means something different when you live in the land of Oz, I guess. Yeah, at this point, witch flash mob? Witch, <laughs> witch convention? I'm the witch. I don't understand. <laughs> so, okay, so this latest indictment accuses the former Trump campaign chair of using an encrypted messaging app to repeatedly contact two people that he'd worked with in the past in what a court filing calls, quote, an effort to secure materially false testimony, end quote. And the filing basically reads like he was sending people messages that said, hey... Remember that time we didn't defraud the U.S. government by acting as an unregistered foreign agent whilst committing bank fraud? We should do that again sometime. (laughs) Also, the best part of this story is how much it's 50% spy novel, 50% helping grandma install the router. Yeah. Because (laughs) what do you mean plug it into the TV? What if I want to watch the internet with Vladimir Putin? Don't slow down. I'm writing this down. (laughs) Yeah, right. Also named in the indictment uh, was one Konstantin Kalimnik, a former Russian intelligence operative, only in the sense that before he presently worked for Russian intelligence, he also formerly worked there. (laughs) And while there's no chance in hell that Russia will extradite one of their spies to face charges in an American court, it does mean that if Trump tries to kill the investigation with pardons, he'll have to pardon a known Russian spy. I mean, he already said he could pardon himself, so he's not afraid to go there. No, the clearly not. not. Clearly not. Uh, Mueller also argued in a related court filing that judges should rescind Manafort's bail, uh, what with the actively obstructing justice while he's out on bail and whatnot. And while Mueller's charge didn't add three pages of lock him up in all caps, it was certainly implied. Right. It's just like, you know, we'll do whatever him up, whatever you guys <laughs> say. <laughs> And finally tonight, in national shamtham news, the President of the United States decided to take the non-existent ball and go home this week, withdrawing his invitation to the Philadelphia Eagles to visit the White House upon learning that they had absolutely no interest in going, based on his third-world dystopian view of the national anthem. Yeah, no, it was approximately the same as the statement we released yesterday about how None of the Eagles players were invited to be on this episode of The Skeptocrat. Yeah, exactly. You hear that, Tom Brady? Exactly. No, no. Tom Brady. He did play in the Super Bowl, though. You got That's (laughs) what I was saying. I knew that. Instead, he chose to replace the event with, quote, a celebration of America, (laughs) where accompanied by fake Eagles fans, Google it, it's fucking amazing, (laughs) the Army Corps and the Army Chorus, he demonstrated he had no fucking idea what the words to God Bless America (laughs) are. It was was a rousing rendition of God Bless America. Look, here's the 
the thing. I don't know the words to God Bless America <laughs> Neither either. Neither do I. But I don't command people to respect <laughs> weird arbitrary symbols. Like, if my friends don't know all the words to Baby Got Back, like Heath does, I get all of a sudden alarmed. But at least I understand where they're coming from. So, to wrap up the event, Trump lied about how many people were there personally attacked the citizens he was supposed to lead, endorsed a Republican in a local election all in the same sentence, assuring that the Republican will lose the election so badly their name will be struck from the history books. It was was quite a statement. Oh, God. My favorite stories out of the eight-minute event were multiple reports that, A, White House staffers had been encouraged to attend but not wear their credentials, (laughs) and B, that reporters were going around trying to find anyone who could name the Eagles quarterback and couldn't, except the guy who kneeled. (laughs) And failing. Failing hard. Now, on the bright side, I can copy and paste that paragraph about Trump lying about people who are there personally attacking citizens and endorsing a Republican who's going to lose and have his name struck from the city. I can just copy and paste that paragraph uh, for the next two years, seven months, and 11 days. I'll check the hours and minutes and seconds right now. Just give me, <sighs> yeah. give me one yeah. second. No, believe me, I'm counting too. <laughs> and that's going to do it for episode 73. Thanks to No Illusions. Hey, I don't write the outros here. I just read them. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on all the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash Skeptocrat. Just like all those people whose genitals Heath will compliment on the next episode. Sorry, I didn't have the password handy for that email, and Heath was drinking that night. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that pianist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. You should vote. Was, were you playing with bubble wrap while we were? I, I Playing with bubble wrap seems like such a harsh term now. <laughs> I, was, I was moving it aside. <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.